Let's keep let's keep that high going. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your pastor, he done moved up here to get closer. I think he's gonna try to nudge me. Amen. But we we just love God's word. We we love the opportunity to uh, preach and share and to pray and to laugh. My motto is to laugh and pray daily. I believe that if you do that, you've had a pretty good day. Amen. Amen. And when we get to church, the beautiful thing about it is we're here live and in living color. So the least we can do is make a little noise. Amen. We can make a little, little noise. Amen. But but I'm I'm not going to be before you long. Pastor told me that service uh, ends at three. <laughs> so, so we're going to get this show on the road. <laughs> Amen. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. I, I believe there's a word. I believe there's a word from God. Amen. Those of you who have your Bibles, just open to book of John chapter 8. Amen. You, you have a theme that's committed disciples abiding in God's word. That's this theme. Am I right about it? Amen. For this week, this revival. I'm going to do my best to enlighten you a little bit on what God has given me. John 8, verse 31 and 32, which is the theme verses. I just want to stick with one verse. Verse 31. And it reads, then Jesus said to the Jew who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you are really my disciples. Amen. John eight thirty one says, then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. Yes. Let me backtrack. Thank you, Pastor, for this invitation. Blessing and an honor to be here. Thank you, First Lady, for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for that introduction. Amen. Amen. We, we, we believe in doing things right, but we also believe in, in being informal, if you will, because there's no need to be uptight in God's house. Amen. I'm going to get to this message in a minute, but I got to share with you something. And I start, I left the church before they did. But they got here before me. And I understand that there were some people wondering, well, how did we leave after him and get to the church before him? Y'all want me to tell you real quick? Well, as we were driving down the road, Pastor, there was somebody on the side of the road that was selling bees. Bees, like honeybees, bees. And I said, I'm going to stop and I'm going to buy some bees. So the guy said, how many bees do you want? I said, give me three. Give me three bees. He got them together, put them in 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 the container. And I looked in the container and there was four. I said, I only wanted three. Why is there four? You know what he said to me? That's a freebie. (laughs) Somebody get that one in a little bit. (laughs) On the way home. Get it on the way home. We're going to jump in the word right now. I promise you. We're going to share something. I I just want to talk to you about one word. 
It was in the text. Right there. Jesus, as soon as he opened his mouth, he said, if. I just want to talk about if. That's today's text. If. The title is if. You know, when I was growing up, they said if is the biggest word in the world. If. You want to know why it's, it's the biggest word in the world? Because it's conditional on some things. That it means if you do this, I'll do that. If you allow me for just a few moments of your time, I just want to talk about one word. If. You know, I get a lot of people who come to me for counseling. I get a lot of people who talk to me about relationships and all these things. And I see a lot of stuff. I, I love to see what's going on on social media because it's because it is. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you pull your hair out. It's some stuff on there that people are doing. And this is people living their lives, but they're living it out in real time right in front of you. And sometimes you're like, wow. But, you know, one of the things that I often hear when people are talking about relationships is they sit up there and they look me in my face. We might be sitting down. We might be standing up and they tell me something. And a lot of you going to disagree with what I'm about to say. But if you allow me some time, maybe I'll change your opinion. Because I believe when people say this, they really don't know what they are saying. Because the depths and the substance of what they're saying, I don't think their finite mind can contain even what is coming out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. And they will say something like this. This Couples will say this. People who've been married for 20 and 30 and 40 years. People who are in love and infatuated with one another. They say this. I will love you unconditionally. You ever said that? I will love you no matter what. I'll love you unconditionally until the cows come home. <coughs> until the sea meets the moon. <laughs> un 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 until violets turn red and roses turn blue. I'll love you unconditionally. But I hate to say this and I hate to hurt somebody's feelings, but honestly... I don't know if you can do that as people. You want to know why? Because that if is conditional on some stuff that you can't foresee, that you can't forecast, that you have no understanding of it. And they say 50% of marriages end in what? Divorce. And, and I think that number is growing. But the truth of the matter is a lot of people ain't even choosing to get married because they don't want to commit themselves but to say that you're going to love someone unconditionally means that that because God loves us unconditionally and I know we're church folk and we like to be churchy and we like to say churchy things but I like to be honest as well Deacon Cummins I don't think I'm going to lie and tell anybody I'm going to love you unconditionally uh oh <laughs> you get quiet. You have quiet, thank God. And the reason I say that is because you might put me through some conditions that I don't want to be in. I never see situations end when it gets better. You know how we sit up here, we stand before the altar, and we say, I'm going to, I want to get married, and I will, I'm, I'm, I'm going to love you uh, till death do us part. In the good times and the bad, have you ever seen anyone get a divorce because things got better? 
You ever heard anybody say I'm out of here because this, this, this living is just too good? Man, woman, you cook too good. I'm up out of here. You treat me too well. I'm out of here. You loving on me too hard. I'm gone. Man, this house is just too big. I don't think I can stay here. Man, this car is too expensive. Take it back. Man, you got too much money in your bank account. I don't want to be with you. Y'all, oh, y'all, that's right. Y'all got quackers y'all ain't heard it. But you have heard you too broke. You can't give me what I want. You don't look like you used to look when you was 21. You didn't got too big. You didn't got too droopy. You, you don't make me laugh like you used to. This house is too small. I'm working too much. Your health ain't right. I'm gone. But wait a minute. Didn't you not say you wouldn't put an if on things? Didn't you say unconditional? Unconditional removes the if. So most of us, if not all of us, if we're honest, are in relationships with an if. If you continue down this path, if you continue to treat me well, if you continue to love on me, if you continue to make me laugh, if you continue to make the same amount of money, if you continue to take care of house and home, I'll stay with you. Because if any of that changes, then I'm going to have a talk with myself in the back room and then we might have a debate because I might be ready to leave. That's an if. Well, wait a minute. I forgot I'm in church. So I'm talking about relationships. Not everybody's in a relationship, so let me talk about church folk. <laughs> if I could come to church and I do what I do and you don't bother me, I'll keep coming back. If you know that I'll come this week, pastor, but I might not put in my $10 and don't say nothing to me, I'll come back tomorrow. That's the if. Mm -hmm. If you don't expect too much of me, I'll keep coming back. Mm -hmm. If you don't look at me funny, I'll come back. Mm -hmm. There's some ifs. Mm -hmm. If you up your preaching, I'll, I'll, I'll keep coming. Mm -hmm. If the singing stays where it is, I'll keep coming. But if it drop off, you might not see me for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. If ain't nobody sitting in my seat when I get there, I might stay a while. If somebody don't take up too much of my time. If y'all have a meeting to make sure you have an hour of power and you don't go over too long, then I'll come because y'all keeping me too long. If y'all don't have too many anniversaries, if you don't have too many revivals, if you got some good food, if you got enough parking, if the grass is cut, if the lights are on, if the paint is right, if this is this is this and that, then I will do this. Conditions. Conditions. I hope we've done a good job to unpack what the definition of if is because Jesus was very clear that won't everybody going to stay a disciple because he started his sentence with if. That's why if is the biggest word in the dictionary because it is predicated upon some things that you may or may not want to do. 
Oh, that's powerful. So he said, in order to, to be my disciple, you've got to remain in my word. You know why that gets deep for some of us? Because in order to remain in something, you would have already had to have been in it. You, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you a sad reality. I, love, I do a lot of research. I do a lot of studies. I do a lot of things like that. There's a whole lot of people who can't remain in it because they've never been in it. What am I saying? There's a whole lot of people who come to church, but they don't read their Bible. Matter of fact, I opened up a can of worms a little bit on, on last week in my church when I said something, and it's got so much deeper since then. And that is, and are you ready for this, clergy? There are pastors who pastor churches who do not believe in the Bible. And I made a whole lot of people mad because they said this one particular person whose who's, who's post went viral has a degree from Harvard. And I simply pushed back and I said, I don't care where his degree is from because I got some Sunday school teaching folk who understand that the Bible is real. And I'm not going to have no debate in the church of the house of God with anybody with any degree who does not believe the word of God. If you don't believe the word of God, then we have no discussion because then anything I say will escape you because you can only try the spirit by the spirit. And if a person doesn't read the word of God or believe the word of God, then guess what is not in them? But a lot of people might not like that and might not buy that. And that's all right. I can get along with anybody. I still get along with my Muslim brothers, my Jewish people, my Catholics and so forth and so forth. And at the end of the day, God got to sort us all out. Yes. You, 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 you can't get into heaven worrying about being Baptist. Huh? Because it's a whole lot of Baptist folk that didn't even know the articles of faith were in the red hymnal that sits in your seat. I'm hurting on somebody now. He, he told me this was revival. And I just believe that if when you, you use that word, if he had to say church service, I'd preach a different way. But when you say revival, that means you need to come and put your finger in the pot and you got to. Stir it up a little bit. See, 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 a whole lot of y'all sitting up here looking at me funny because you like that tea. You like that sweet tea. You, 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 ever, you ever ordered a tea and then you said, give me some sugar, right, because it ain't right? Well, the, the sugar would just go down to the bottom, right? And, and then what you thought was sweet would taste unsweet because you know why? Yeah, I, I, look, I just came to stir up some of you unsweet tea, Mc, you know, I, I, I'm trying to make some of y'all McDonald's tea, you know what I mean? You, you drink that McDonald's tea, you got to cut it a little bit. It, it, it's too sweet. But, but, but we came to stir it up a little bit because I think a lot of us have just let that thing settle down to the bottom. We done forgot where we came from. We done forgot what we're about and we're too busy fussing and arguing with each other and we're focusing on antics and semantics and not the word of God. And if we're going to teach the word of God, then this if, we're okay with the if because we're already good with the condition. God said it ain't how you start, it's how you finish. So watch this. We still back on if because you got to remain in something, but in order to remain, you got to first be in it. So here's the problem is that we have a lot of folk who got Bibles that just sit there. 
They yes. just sit there. Yes. They don't read their word. Mm -hmm. They don't get into the word. They don't, they don't pray like they used to. Well, that, that guy was praying early. I don't know if he's a deacon or not, but if he's not, he ought to be one that was praying a little early. I hadn't heard praying like that in, 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 a, in a long time. My uncle used to pray like that. We're going on in glory. I'm talking about, I mean, you can just, just hear the echo off the wall. You know, that kind of unashamed praying, you know. You know how we do now. We, we, we those scared Christians, you know. We, we so scared that when we go out to eat, we can't even bless our food properly because we scared somebody looking at us. You know, you, you know how y'all do them little funny, funny prayers, you know, because you don't want to stop what you're doing. You don't want nobody looking at you. You know, you say stuff all quiet and don't even want to close your eyes and whatnot. And some of you say you're gracing the car because you, you know, you don't want nobody looking at you and all that kind of that's Come on now. We, you know, I, it's funny how we can't say prayer. Night. I ain't say you got to yell and be silly. I'm just saying, why are we so scared to pray publicly over our food or out in public? But watch this. But then you go in the bathroom and be on the phone in the stall talking all loud. <laughs> Where everybody can hear you. But then when it comes to praying, can't nobody hear you. You're afraid. Amen. There's something wrong with that. But if you're going to stay and do what God has said, then we got to stop being scared. Yes. You know what's another thing that bothers me? We, we, we say that God, they took prayer to school. No, who, how can you do that? How can you do that? You can take corporate out. You can do that. You can say you can't stand over here. You can't hold hands. You can't gather in the end zone. But can't nobody stop you from praying. See, so so we got to start talking right. You know, you gotta, we, we got to start saying the right stuff. You telling people, well, little Johnny, you can't pray at school. You can't. That's not true. Yeah, no, you might not can get on the, on the microphone and you might not, like I said, can say things loud, but you can always pray. And that's what's wrong with us. We just, we just keep getting further, further back in the corner. And then we wonder why we're so far away from everything. Yeah. We didn't let the world push us back. Yeah. Yeah. Like we ain't got no fight in us. Yeah. Oh, but God said if. Watch this. He said if you. If you. See, see, the problem with a lot of us when we read the word of God. I've been in church a long time. I mean, so long that I was so short, they used to have to put a little box right there so I could see over top of the lectern. Um, but one thing I learned is that when, it, when that thing says you, you know how you define you? You. Amen. That's the definition, you, like this, yeah. you. But a lot of folk come to church to hear a word and ask the other person beside them, did they hear that? They'll nudge them. Did, did, did you hear that? Did you hear Pastor say? Well, Pastor was talking to you. Yeah, you, 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 you keep missing everything because he's not talking to everybody else. He was talking to you. And that's what happens. Even when God is speaking, so many times we want to get other people in. You go around and asking people to validate what God told you. And you go around asking other folk, did you hear that? Did God say that to you? Well, it won't a three-way call. It won't a conference call. God was telling you to do something and you were busy trying to ask somebody else, did they get the same word? 
Well, if all of us had the same word, all of us would be doing the same thing. How dry would that be? How horrible of a church would that be if all of us had the same gift, the same talent, and we did everything the same way, and we thought the same? That'd be dangerous. It'd be a little scary. Yeah, we, we, I, I like the, the fact that we're different. I, I, I like the fact that, 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 that uh, 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 Sister So-and-So's uh, pound cake don't taste like Sister So-and-So pound cake. And then I got an option. And then I get to choose what's different. And then we get to mix that thing together and, and we all put our talents together. Isn't it, isn't it good that we don't have all altos in the choir? Isn't it good that everybody's not a baritone? Isn't it good that everybody's not a soprano? And, but when they get together and they blend the harmony that comes out. Because everyone is using what God gave them. So here's that point. The second point is you've got to make God's word personal. See, you can't, you, you, we used to sing that song, it's not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh Lord. That goes back to you. So it's you standing in the need of prayer. It's you standing in the need of a word. It's you standing in the need of instruction. It's you who needs to do something. We got to stop looking around and nudging everybody else. When it is up to us to do what God has called us to do. How can you be a committed disciple if you're doing nothing <laughs> right everybody in the church has a role to play in the growth of the church everybody in the church has a role to play in this discipleship and it doesn't matter the name on each church this may be Mount Olive we may be Morningstar none of that will matter when we get to glory we're talking about the universal church that, that God put into place and that we're all supposed to be followers of that teaching but if we're not we can't do that because we're too busy fighting one another I'm going to ask you a question and if, and if you didn't heard this this is how you know how bad it is have you ever heard this church folk are the worst folk yeah. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah. That right there tell you. That's a that's a shame, man. The fact that everybody in here has heard that. Somebody will tell you in a heartbeat, I don't come to church anymore because I've been hurt by church folk. That's that's sad. That's sad. Number one, it's sad that, 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 that church folk are hurting folk, but that happens in real life. The problem that I have is that some people in the church get so, so scared and so sensitive that they won't come back. It's the only place where you can offend somebody one time and they won't come back. Because yeah. I know people right now that are sad in my voice been miserable as I don't know what on their job for 15 years. And they still keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, 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 but let the usher not give you a fame. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 you know. Let somebody not hug you or smile at you one time, or let the sermon really seem like it's hitting on your row one time, and that, that you don't want to come back. And, and 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 I don't understand how you can be a disciple. And, and you don't have that, that level of tough skin yes, to where you, nobody's beating you up. We're trying to challenge you. 
Matter of fact, I talk about me again. I talked about me in the church. And I see that's why sometimes you, it's dangerous when you preach about yourself because you put your personal business out in the atmosphere. And I said this at church this morning. I said I'm working on not drinking so much sweet tea. I said that because we laugh about it, but for real, for it's killing a whole lot of black preachers drinking all that sweet tea. Because y'all know that sugar, that sugar ain't good for you. So, 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 you know, when, when I came over here and they seen that tea in, in, in front of me, one of the members came running around the table and they said, I'm trying to see what you drinking. I said, you got, I said, you got me. You got me. But that's what happens when you put yourself out there to be accountable. Amen. Is, is, is that when we're in this journey together, yeah. although you're working on you, we, we're not in this journey alone. Yeah. And so when you can have people be uh, accountable to you and you to them, then, then, then in good-hearted fun, they can pull up on you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and see, we as Christians don't like that. We don't like to have messages that really challenge us and shape us. A lot of times, we like to have what I call candy-coated messages. Mm. Now, I'm not even going—I'm not even going to mention this person's name because we're not here to bash anyone. But there's a famous preacher that does a whole lot of smiling and they tell a whole lot of poems and, and a whole lot of analogies. Don't use a whole lot of Bible, but got one of the biggest churches in the world. And people love it because all they got to do is say, Jesus loves you. And God is just so good. But don't never challenge you to shift from the foolishness that you're doing. Don't never challenge you to read more. Don't challenge you to give more. Doesn't challenge you to stop lying, cheat, stealing, whatever it is. It's just always Jesus loves you. God is so good. And then everybody eats it up. Because you just keep on coming, keep on coming. Don't change, don't change, don't change. I'm going to use the same analogy I used earlier today. You know what? You can keep on doing whatever you're doing. And, and, and it's going to catch up with you. And you can go to the doctor and the doctor tell you, oh, you got high blood pressure, you got high cholesterol, you got diabetes and everything. And then you sit up there smiling the whole time knowing that you're getting ready to go to Golden Corral and, and go tear that buffet up. And, 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 and it go in one end out the other. And you know what? You can do that if that's what you want to do. You can lie to the doctor. You can lie to yourself. You pile, look, you can pile that plate up so so high. I done been in Golden Corral. They have people pile that plate up. I mean, they pile that thing up so high and then got nerve enough to put a hot buttery roll right, right, on, right on the top. Right on the top. And the whole time, you thinking that thing going to fall. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they get it to the table. And you sitting up there looking at them, eating all that butter, all that grease. And I'm just telling you, we, but then we go to the doctor, and the doctor tell you all your numbers is out of whack. And you sit up there and say, I'm going I'm to do better. I'm going to do better, doc. 
Then 90 days go by, you go back again. Numbers out of whack again. I'm going to do better. See, this is that if. Because if you want your numbers to be better, then it's conditional upon you changing some things. If you don't change some things, you cannot expect things to get better. Yeah, see, 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 unlike God wants us. See, I never, I never question what God will do. Amen. I question how we respond to God. Because, see, too many of us want to go to the doctor and get the doctor to give us a pill Mm -hmm. to fix it. Mm -hmm. Because we don't want to change eating habits. We don't want to exercise. We want a pill. And there ain't no pill for for being a disciple. Mm -hmm. You just got to do the work. And And see, so the problem with us is when we go to the doctor and we get that pill... The problem is, we, we think that we can go do whatever we want to do, exactly. and then late at night, pop a little pill, and it's going to be all right. Yes. See, that's how you lie to yourself. Yes, sir. And that's how you mess up the condition. Because yes, remember I told you, if it's conditional, mm-hmm. upon if you want the promise, then you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. Well, see, there's no magic pill to this thing. Amen. You know, you, know you, you, you just got to come to church every Sunday. Yes, you can't keep skipping Sunday school. You can't keep skipping Bible study. You can't keep skipping your prayer time. You can't keep skipping your devotional time. You can't keep skipping your reading. You can't keep skipping on that meditational time when you get into your closet and get away. You just got to put in the work. See, a lot of people want rewards on work they ain't doing. And you've got to put in the work. That's where the if comes from. Jesus said if. Let's wrap this thing up. What's beautiful about this is because it was Jesus talking to those who wanted to remain disciples. So you got to ask yourself, do you want to be a disciple? Yes, sir. That is God's word and not ours. Amen. This is why I got a problem when people want to debate with me about the Bible. See, we could, we, it would take a long time for us to unpack this about this Bible because we understand that if you've got 50 different versions, everything that's different cannot be the same that's first of all um but second of all we have to understand that when you pass something down from thousands of years and through generations that there will be some things that get touched and this that and the other but the problem that we have now is that there are so many people preaching from behind the sacred pulpit that only believe five or six verses, seven or eight verses, and not the Bible. So therefore, you're teaching just on subject matter, and then you find a scripture to back what you believe rather than a scripture to shift you into what God wants you to believe. So, so, so that's where we get the separation of the wheat and the tail. Is that when you begin to take the Bible to manipulate it for your own personal gain. That when you begin to read it to get what you want out of it, not what God wants you to have. That's, what you, that's why the Bible says there should, there should be no private interpretation. Because do you realize that even in the Baptist church, we could run up and down this road and we could put a couple of scriptures and, we, and for each scripture we get 10 different answers yeah. because a lot of times we, and, and, and don't get me wrong you can take certain scriptures and get certain things from it God can give that to you but I'm talking about at the core of what it is how can you run so opposed to what God wants you to do because you want to manipulate the text so bad 
to continue doing what you've always done and justifying bad behavior. You know how I know this? You know how I know this? Because in the hymnals, it says that we're supposed to not only believe the word of God, but that if we have ought with one another, there's a certain way to handle it. You know what I rally? Look, I've been in church, like I said, a long time. Some of you longer than me. Here's the problem. I've never seen anything scripturally handled the way that it's supposed to be because there's some foolishness and stuff in the church that sometimes you're supposed to dismiss them. It don't happen like that. It don't happen like that. You want to know why? Because people don't want to follow what the word says. Rather than to come to my brother with an art that I have, I'll just leave. Or you'll just leave. And we don't handle things the way that the scripture says. And let me say this, because everything is conditional. We talked about if. You can never leave one place wrong and go somewhere else and be right. And see, that's the problem that we have. Is people want to do it their way. Their way. And not God's way. Because when we do it God's way, God will challenge us to do things correctly. And it might not always be quick. Sometimes you got to sit and tear. You remember back in the day they used to have people just sit on the bench. Because they said, they said we, we're going to have to tear a little while. I know, I, I know service is over, but I'm going to stay a little while. I don't care if the music playing. I don't care if the drum playing. I'm going to sit here and just sit for a little while because I'm trying to hear from God. Yeah, yeah. But you know, everybody now wants something quick, something quick. Yeah, got to be fast, yeah. in a hurry. Don't want to wait on the move of God. And then when we make these foolish moves, then we want to try to ask God to bless our stuff. God said you should have asked me in the beginning. I would have told you don't go down that road. Amen. Yeah. That's if. You want what God has for you. Amen. That's why I said it's the biggest word in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. Because of the conditions that come with it. Yes. If yes. you want what God has for you, mm-hmm. you have to do what God requires Amen. of you. That's right. If you want to do it your way, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But don't get mad when God doesn't bless it. Yes, yes. Amen. All I've come to do today is to talk about if. If there be anyone in here under the sound of my voice Mm -hmm. that wants to get closer to God, then follow God's word. If there's one in here under the sound of my voice that wants to have the power and the anointing of God, Mm -hmm. then call on him and the Bible says he will give it to you in that very moment. You know how many people we got walking around in the church who are empty? Mm-hmm. Because they failed to ask God to fill them up. Yes, yes. If you want to be full, yes, sir. ask God for it. Yes, Lord. If you want to be forgiven, yes, sir. ask God for yes, it. Yes. But you know why we get this thing messed up? Because we want to do it our way. Amen. And God, you, you, the thing I love about God is God ain't got to listen to nothing we talk about. Amen. That's why I love the fact that God is God and a sovereign God. Yes. Meaning that he knows when you're just calling on him because you just want something from him like Santa Claus. And then when you're calling on him when you really need him in the midnight hour. Yes. And God can decipher through all of that. 
That's if you want him. Let us stand to our feet. Amen. 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 Amen.